The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll and the home of the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan calling you. I hope you're doing well. Calling you from sunny Seattle. Did I tell you I was going to become a doctor? But I didn't have the patience. Thank you very much. All right. I like that one. Thanks to Duff. Makes us laugh every single Friday for over two years now, uh, no matter where he is on the road and what, what he's doing with his uh, record tenderness. It's very, very cool. Go check that out now. Go listen to Duff a few weeks ago and talk to Jericho. We had a great, great time. And we're going to have even more of a great time with another returning guest. I'm with my old brother, uh, Dave Batista. Uh, he's got a great new movie, very funny, coming out uh, this week. It's called Stuber. He's going to tell us all about it. He's also telling us about Gardens of the Galaxy what it was like filming the epic two-part Avengers movie and his upcoming big-budget action-filled Dune. Of course, we'll hear the full story as well about Dave's WrestleMania match and his retirement from the WWE, his retirement from pro wrestling right afterwards. My buddy, Big Dave, Dave Batista, returns to talk as Jericho right here, right now. Okay, so um, over the last few months, I've been training kind of MMA-style and the reason why is because I came to hang with Dave Batista at his, you know, you said, come to my gym in Tampa. And I thought it was going to be like, like a LA fitness gym or something <laughs> that you work out at. I didn't realize you actually had bought your own gym, basically. Yeah. Well, we bought a building and then we built a gym and it was uh, because of the layout, you know, obviously I had enough room for an office and stuff. So it just actually kind of became my little sanctuary but it's a sanctuary that's like you have a full iron gym let's say downstairs yeah, yeah. and then upstairs is like a whole like mma training center yeah. with like the half cage yeah. it's just it's just a, a killer place it's, it's it's perfect it's got like everything i love in it man. it's like i could spend all day here and you do many times i do, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. well that's the great thing about it we come and it's you know it's a place to socialize with, with my buds too because you know I only have you know my close friends are here mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of we we train and we eat and we hang out and we train some more and we talk about training and we it's hang like out. the ultimate man cave <laughs> it really <laughs> it really is but it was you know it's funny because it is it's ultimate man cave but um, if you notice when you walk through the door the first thing you see is I put up a big sign that's like the definitions of chivalry. Which goes, you know, I think, with with what with what we stand for here. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure you can relate to this, but 
I mean, it is a man cave. It's definitely got a, a man cave vibe to it, but also we're, we're those dudes, man. You know, we're, I'd like to think of us as a bunch of gentlemen, you know. I like that. It's funny too because I was telling you that I, I set up a, a kind of a, a gym and well, not kind of. I set up a gym at my house, yeah. but I went and found like a really cool kind of a Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it's like a five-piece painting that says compete with right. arnold in the middle right. that i got the idea because when i came here one time you had somebody painting a big yeah. mural yeah. of arnold which yeah. is kind of the icon for any gym that you, yeah. any any guy our age wants to have arnold up yeah. on, the, on the on the wall of the Definitely. gym yeah that's i mean that's kind of like when i first started getting into lifting weights and i mean the first the only reference i had because i you know we didn't have internet <laughs> right <laughs> but so the reference i had and i think most like most guys my age we had the arnold schwarzenegger encyclopedia <laughs> you know, that's what we had and that's what i looked at and that's what uh you know arnold was uh you know he was just ahead of his time he was kind of the the, the gold standard then for bodybuilders and kind of masculinity it know? is a great point though because then it was just the weeder mags yeah and yeah. whoever had a copy of pumping iron on their vhs yeah. <laughs> you know to watch it right but that's what we knew about bodybuilding yeah. right no for sure and that was like that's when i became really fascinated with it and uh i was always uh, you know kind of drawn to it i looked like big muscular guys i always thought that was like crazy looking probably because i was you know i was a sick gangly kid so i always like always admired like the bigger muscular guys and that's definitely uh kind of when i was drawn to it the lee haney days of, of <laughs> yeah. bodybuilding uh you know mid early mid 80s Sergio Olivia. Sir, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That dude's different, like different level. Those guys, man. You know, I remember I went and actually met Lee Haney once mm. at a Gold's Gym near my house in Winnipeg, and I mm. bought a. Uh, I had this, I think, my a book that my dad gave me for Christmas, like the, like you said, the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. book of bodybuilding, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and had all the people in there, and I asked him to sign um, uh, Lee Haney, and he was looking through, and there was. Uh, Karina Everson, remember Corey oh, Everson? Yeah. He's oh, like, yeah. Corey Everson, Corey, yeah. what a fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably like 250, yeah. Yeah. five foot six, yeah. but just he loved Corey Everson. Yeah, you know what's crazy? You think about how even bodybuilders have changed, but if you, what's really crazy if, is if you look at how female bodybuilders have changed. Mm. Like they've changed, like male bodybuilding have changed, you know, but female bodybuilders have changed like drastically. In what way? How do you mean? Um, just bigger, you know, more muscular, um, more masculine, unfortunately. Even more so now. Because I remember yeah. Bev Francis yeah. was, like, she was well, super she was, massive. She right? was super massive. But, you know, Bev was, she was never, like, the girliest woman. You mm -hmm. know, she was always had. Looked she, that way no yeah, matter what. Yeah, right? she yeah. was always kind of massive and blocky. Yeah. Um, very, very muscular. But um, nowadays, I mean, they're, and I think they've kind of geared away from it is why they have so many different, you know, uh, they have like the physique and mm -hmm, the yeah. figure and yeah, the yeah, bikini contest, yeah. and yeah, they have so many different, uh, what do they call classes of categories, uh, yeah, and categories and, but uh, the female, because the female bodybuilders to me have just gotten way too extreme. It is interesting. Like, as I remember when I was a kid, like everyone knew okay, who Mr. Olympia was. And everyone knew, I mean, it was Arnold and it was Dorian Yates and it was mm -hmm. all those type of guys. I don't even know uh, who uh, who Mr. Olympia is this year now. Yeah, it's, you know, it's weird because Phil Heath <laughs> Your was- Your puppy's getting super excited. Yeah, well, then she wants to get up here. <laughs> she was- uh, There she goes. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was Phil Heath for years and then he just got, he got beaten last year by a guy named Sean Roden. Okay. Yeah, so they're kind of at that transition, I think- uh, Phil just had a really off year. wasn't you know wasn't at his best. So you were a, a, a tall and gangly kid. Yeah, 
Yeah, wow. For, they, you know, I went and did this uh, MTV Awards this uh, past weekend. They and uh, Zach Levi started off the show with saying that you know we're all we you know we're all the entertainers that you see before us, but we all started off as like geeky nerds. And right. You know, all, now all the geeky nerds are the ones creating all the cool shit we love. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, and they showed a bunch of pictures of. Uh, <laughs> they showed a picture of like uh, the rock and he was had it you know in the fanny pack days yeah and they turtleneck had this, they had this old picture of me i think it must have been like 14 15 and i was actually break dancing and it was wow <laughs> and it was a it was a little embarrassing but in a good way did you give them the picture well no i approved the picture i don't know where the hell they, get, they dug yeah. this picture up from it was uh I, I've seen it before, but I don't, I mean, it must have been years and years ago. I don't think it was in my book, but I'm not sure where they get the picture. But we did approve it, because I, I don't care, you know. Well, yeah, that's, people that's, like seeing I, this sort of stuff. I, and I kind of like seeing it. I mean, that's, you know, it was kind of my roots. That's where mm -hmm. I started. I was, you know, I was a gangly kid, but you could still see that I, like, I had big shoulders. Yeah, I yeah, still, yeah. like, had the structure. I was just lanky. Well, that's obvious. Like I said, yeah, a guy mm -hmm. like you just doesn't mm -hmm. get the way size that you are without right. at least having that frame. Yeah. Did yeah. you break dance a lot? Oh, that was, yeah, that was right. Really? Because yeah. you grew up in D.C., right? So everybody in the kids, you know, everybody in the street did. So, I mean, that, that's what we did. We were either dancing or fighting, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you kind of grew up like a downtown yeah. street area? Oh, that's all. That's what we did, yeah. Mm -hmm. We'd make a few bucks, and, I mean, that's what we did for fun. We was hanging out, and, yeah, I mean, if you weren't getting in trouble, you were breakdancing. How did you like learn how to do that? From other kids on the streets. <laughs> it was just something you did. I mean, it was like you weren't cool unless you were doing, you could do that stuff, and, and I wanted to be cool, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Could so, you still do it now? Not good. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing a yeah. movie at some point that you're going to produce where you're going to have a big break dan dancing scene. Well, they, I actually did some really horrible dancing in the movie I have coming out in August. They wanted me to dance. It was really bad. They compared it to like a, this actress named uh, Kristen Shaw. She says it's like the wedding scene from Shrek. <laughs> She's like, show me dancing. <laughs> what movie is that? It's called uh, My Spy. Yeah. Now here's what we're talking about, which is so crazy. Like mm -hmm. we, you know, we, we we go start talking with you, and you've mentioned about five things in thirty seconds. That's mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the MTV Awards, right. presenting yeah. with uh, with your co-star and yeah. Stuber. Yeah. What's his name? Kamel Nanjiani. Yeah. Now, yeah. I've, what have what have we seen him in before? Oh, he's been in, but he he got critical acclaim for a movie he did called Big Sick, was which was mostly a drama, but mm -hmm. he's really. Uh, known for his comedic acting i mean he's a comedian and he's mm -hmm. just he's fucking brilliant he's hysterical but he really is he's a, he's just a well-rounded actor um and this is mostly this is an action comedy but he, this dude is i mean he's just on fire what right now. what was he in that was like i've seen him in something before that was really funny he's done, he's done a bunch well he's in a, a show a, a tv show called silicon valley right and you've yeah. seen him in like little parts here and there where he was just he's like one of those guys like, like in an adam sandler movie he would get like one scene yeah, or, a, or a... like stealing scenes fist fight he was in a, a movie called uh dave and mike need wedding that's dates. yeah that yeah, so yeah all those funny. type of movies i saw yeah. fist fight too yeah, yeah. i see yeah, yeah exactly the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You, you were going to be a, you know, a movie star no matter what, and it started with 
you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, right. another story, living on the couch and right. all that sort of thing. But here you are, man. You are like slowly but surely becoming one of the busiest actors in Hollywood, it seems. You're always working. They're all really cool, yeah. great projects. Yeah. I've gotten, it's weird. It's since um, the first Guardians, my career has just kind of taken off. But I am a, a working actor, but I think working probably more than than a lot of working actors by choice mm -hmm. because i want to stay busy i want to stay relevant i'm also oddly enough at 50 years old still building a career mm -hmm. and so i'm not getting any younger so i'm like i need i need i need good You're roles striking I need by the iron well round, rounded yeah if they're offering me good roles and then i'm also making a, a decent living <laughs> mm -hmm. doing it yeah and it's money that you know i mean i'm not going to be doing this uh, for much longer you know i'm i'm but see, but see, but see, that's the thing, though. Like, you're, you mentioned, like, good roles. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to get on that train in Hollywood. Yeah. Once you do, yeah. suddenly you're getting offers after offers right, after right. offers after offers. Right. And you're at that point now right. with a tremendous body of work already. And what right. was Guardians? 2012, 11? I know, right? Yeah. I mean, dude, that's pretty pretty good. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm, I'm pretty happy with, you know, I, I th definitely didn't take the easy route, but I think... Uh, it's really starting to pay off the last couple of years with, but with the choices I've, I've, I've made, you know, smart choices with good roles. I was really act after, um, acting credibility, which I've gotten. I've, uh, I believe I'm pretty respected by my peers, which are good, solid, respected peers. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I'll say. So I'm getting offered quality roles. I'm at a great agency and they know what I'm after, and they're not the type of agencies that is just shoving crap down my throat. They don't. Well, just you're want... not the type of guy to take it. No, no, and that's the thing. But I mean, a lot of agencies they they see dollar signs, they see paychecks, they're chasing paychecks. They realize that I want to do some some art house stuff. I want to do some indie stuff. I want to do roles that are, you know, that are important and are relevant. And so they'll they're okay with that, you know. And that's not like not all agencies will do that. When yeah. you when you talk about you know the, the acting credibility, what, what what movie have you done? Do you feel where you did where you kind of went the deepest as an actor? You know, oddly enough, the role that I've done where I went the deepest was recently, um, and it hasn't aired yet. I did this show called Room One Hundred Four. Room One Hundred Four. Room One Hundred Four. It's really great. The premise. It's on HBO. The premise of the show is, uh, it's it's all these different stories that have happened in this hotel room. Hmm. And mine is I, I won't give it any anything away because uh, I don't think they like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's really deep and dark, and it's uh, it's as far as I've ever stretched myself as as so a, it's a series. The show like is a series, series yes. Yeah. My uh, my episode one -off. is is one off. Yeah. That's, and when does that air? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. But it's uh, they did two seasons that have aired and. HBO signed him on for a third season, and before they fil finished filming that, they signed him up for a fourth. So mm -hmm. I think HBO is really happy with the series. What's the one with uh, Jermaine from uh, from Flight of the Conquerors, the vampire? Was oh, I Falls? did. Yeah. So that's weird how that came about. But um, so it's uh, what we do in the shadows. That's it. Yeah. And I was really a fan of the film, which was great a show. mockumentary. Yeah. It was it was great. Well, vampires, a mockumentary yeah. on vampires yeah. versus werewolves. Yeah. And I also <laughs> knew uh, Taika, who was. Uh, He's the director of the the TV series. I believe he directed the film as well, mm -hmm. and I, I think he may have written as well. But he, I was a fan of his, and so the actress I was working with that I mentioned earlier, her name is Kristen Shaw. But she was, we wrapped on this film, My Spy in Toronto, and I was going home, and I said, "When are you leaving?" She said, "Well, I have to stay an extra week." And I said, "Why?" She said, "I'm going to do an episode of What We Do in the Shadows." And I said, "Get the f out! Are you kidding me?" <laughs> I said, tell Taika if he can squeeze me in, I'll do it for free. So I got home on a Thursday. 
my agent calls me. <laughs> he said, "Hey, did you uh, did you say that you would do what we we do in the shadows for free?" And I said, "Yeah, why did they call?" He said, "Well, first of all, don't ever say that again. Like, <laughs> never say that. It's not. You know, don't ever say that." Shh. And then even, I said, "Even your you dog know, doesn't well, like that." You know, he said, "Well, they said they you know you can't do it for free. I mean, side rules you can't do it mm -hmm. for free. Yeah, but you you know." Um, you could do it for scale. You could do it for scale, and I said, "I'll do it for scale. I don't care." And he said, "Well, Tychus, he is. He he's got a role for. He's writing a role in for you, and they want you to fly back tomorrow. Tomorrow." And I <laughs> said, "Well, he just got home," and he said, "Well, man, I don't think I could do it. I can't even. I can't even pack that fast." Um, so the couple calls later, they said you can fly up Sunday, but you can't have fangs. <laughs> You're going to be a fangless <laughs> vampire. So anyway, I flew in and built like a really great rapport with Tyka. Because I, I love that dude, and I'm a fan of his. And so we're going to be working together again in the future, I guarantee it. But I wanted to be, like, that's what I mean when I say uh, acting credibility with really talent, pe talented people. Like, I want to be in that circle because those guys are really talented. Jermaine Clement and, um, and Taika Waititi, like, they're really talented. They're doing really interesting stuff. And I want to be in that circle, man. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of these guys. I want to work with these guys. And I want to learn from these guys. It's one of those things. I did a, a, a Kevin Smith movie called um, Kilroy Was Here. It was mm -hmm. just in Sarasota. It was actually, mm -hmm. I stayed in the hotel mm -hmm. where we stayed for your ceremony that one time in Sarasota. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But once once I did the, the, the part, Kevin was like, every movie I ever do from now on, you're going to be in. Right. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. Lo and behold, Jane Silent Bob reboot, yeah. I get the call. And they're all great parts right. and like you said that's just one guy for me out of 100 for you but once you get in the circle of these right. type of guys i mean right. you know kevin smith and and, uh, and uh, jermaine clement and yeah. james gunn like these are guys that are constantly creating right and they're gonna know a guy that right. listen we've got this part you know who's right. perfect for it right. dave yeah and that's how you build your career just Absolutely. like in wrestling or, or yeah. anything like that it's a relationship business sure it is yeah, yeah. what yeah. was it like for you with uh you mentioned James Gunn earlier, yeah. and you did the new Guardians. Is James back on the project? Because yeah. you were going to say no. Yeah, I'm done because of all well, the stuff that went well, down I with told, him. I, you know, I I've done interviews about this, but I said I would. I was con contractually obligated to do the third film. Mm -hmm. I said if he wasn't, um, if they weren't going to use his script, because I didn't think they were going to rehire him at this point. If they weren't going to use his script, I was going to ask to be released from the project. He'd already written the script. He'd already yeah. written the script. And so they said that they were going to use his script, and so I was I was okay with it. Um, mm -hmm. Not okay with him being fired, sure. obviously. And I would continue to be open about it. And I never actually got any backlash from it. I actually had great conversations with the Marvel execs, never a Disney exec, but I had great conversations with Marvel execs, and they really understood. They were supportive of my of where I stood. But then it just it came back around and turned around. I actually knew. Uh, they actually changed their mind and rehired him well before they announced it. And I'm not sure why they waited to announce it, but they did. I think they just wanted to give it some Probably time. Probably because they want to wait till all the I think just died down a little bit. Away. Yeah, and I, I think it was really, it was, I think it was hard for them. I think, you know, they're a, a big corporation and they're a very conservative corporation. I think it was hard for them to go back on their decision and save face. They were going to get heavily criticized. But I don't know if they did. I think they got like more applause you know? It's interesting, though, like in the world we live in, because when we were talking about is, is and not to get into the specifics, but he had put out some tweets that mm -hmm. were yeah. bad taste. Yeah, yeah. And people had found these right, tweets right. from three, four years right, ago, right, whatever. Right. Came they were, back. They were from like 10 years. 10 years ago. Yeah. 
to use this against him as to why right. he shouldn't be right. directing these movies. It's a little bit too sensitive for me, they to were, be honest with you. Were, it was ridiculous. Because yeah. for one, there was a lot of different reasons. One, the, the tweets were from a, a different era. Yes. When different yes, stuff yes, yes, was yes, accept, yes. acceptable. Yeah. Um, also, the tweets, they were, at the end of the day, whether they were offensive or not, they were jokes. Mm-hmm. They were always designed mm-hmm. to be jokes. They were meant to be jokes. He wasn't encouraging or poor condoning. Taste. Yeah, maybe they're in poor taste, but you know, I thought there were a couple of them I thought were kind of funny because I knew the context of them. Mm-hmm. You know, but when things are taken out of context and they're just put in your face and shown to be like in bad taste, especially now when everybody was like so so sensitive. Um, and that's what they were, and that and they were also this was designed to be an attack. Mm-hmm. by a very conservative mm-hmm. uh, far-right group and that was like kind of the big picture i mean and they and they won mm-hmm. and disney you know disney empowered them and disney empowered really horrible people mm-hmm. but i think they made that decision before they realized you know what exactly had happened they just took these tweets you know that were taken out of context it's the said, same That's... thing though you could go back and watch a robin williams mm-hmm. routine from yeah. the 90s and yeah. go oh my gosh yeah. You know Jim Carrey or any yeah, of these guys, and, yeah. and you go like, "Oh, these are terrible! Yeah. How can you say this about this?" Like you said, it's a different time, and also right. jokes are jokes. They're jokes. Written jokes yeah. don't come across as well sometimes, right? right? Well, yeah. especially when they're taken out of context. Mm-hmm. When you don't, when you only mm-hmm. see the joke and maybe the punchline, but you don't see the whole conversation. And also at this time, when James made those tweets, he had like, you know, a couple thousand followers, not <laughs> yeah, not yeah, a couple yeah, hundred yeah. thousand followers. Right. You know, I mean, tw- Twitter even was a different place then. Yeah. But even things like some things, they just don't hold up. Like I, you know, what I was watching, I was watching Bill and Ted the other day. You know, mm-hmm. they're getting ready to do a third Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess they're replaying them. But I was watching Bill and Ted, and there's a, you know, I don't know if you remember Bill and Ted hugging each other, then they back up and they go fag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh like, yeah. That, that shit would never fly now. Yeah. Like people would be, there would be probably a small group of people who would be so offended. Oh yeah. That, that would never fly. Just that word. And it's in Bill and Ted. Right. You know? Right, right, right. It's funny when you say that because that movie does stand up, but yeah. there was a couple things yeah. in there. Same thing as with Netflix. Yeah. People were petitioning Netflix yeah. to take down Friends because right. they're fat shaming because Monica used to be fat and Ross was a nerd. So crazy. It's like, it's it's a little too sensitive. A little too. Uh, you know what? So before I did Stuber, my director asked me to go back and take a look at 48 Hours because oh, wow. he liked the surliness the dynamic- of Nick Nolte's okay. character. He liked the surliness. He was grouchy and sur- surly. He liked that he was always putting down Eddie Murphy's character. So I went back and watched it, and his character was so racist. Yeah. <laughs> like, he had so many racist jokes. I was like, no wonder this doesn't play on TV mm-hmm. anymore. Like, I didn't, I never remembered it like that, but different era, they were, you know, thing, things like that, and they were all meant to be jokes, but they were like super racist but, jokes. But Eddie played up to that too, though. And that Eddie, was part of his routine with those it, type like, of it jokes. It was a back yeah. and forth. It was just a back and forth. But I mean, I now I understand why mm. that you never see that movie on TV anymore, because <laughs> it's a little like. The movie we watched the other day that you can't find anywhere. Uh-huh is Revenge of the Nerds. Really? You can't find it. We had to find it on a bit torrent. Just because they make fun of like every stereotype there is. Black guys, gay guys, yeah. nerds, uh, ugly girls, fat girls. Right. There's a pretty saying it like remember when he when he has sex with the with the the fraternity the hot chick from the fraternity he's wearing the darth vader mask yes and she thinks he's her boyfriend <laughs> yeah. i mean it's basically just oh, rape. pure and honest rape right <laughs> in context of the movie it's right. it's I, I'm not, it's funny i was but you cannot show that in this day and i age, was watching right? a clint eastwood movie I, and i watch it all the time they still air it all the time but 
I think it might be a high plains drif- drifter, but like mm. in the first five minutes of the film, he rapes this woman, and right? he's like the hero, he's the hero of the movie. Yeah, he's the hero. <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's just different yeah, times. It, man. Like you said, it's different times. Yeah. But when you're talking about James Gunn and Guardian of the Galaxy, yeah. what I was getting at is, is, is it's cool to know that you're still involved because I went and saw Avengers with my daughter. She wanted to see it. Right. Biggest movie in the world ever. And yeah. I love it because there's Big Dave and you had well, a couple scenes, but the one scene yeah. you had a line that tore the house down. Like yeah. even... Endgame or Infinity War? Endgame. Endgame, yeah, yeah. Even in the one scene, that was basically you had a couple scenes. But yeah, yeah. Scenes. I didn't even know I was going to be in that movie. I was. I was yeah. You didn't film for it? No, I did, but we filmed everything out of context, so oh. I didn't know what was left. I didn't know what was going to I didn't know if Disney was pissed at me, if they were going to cut me out of the movie. Right, right, right. I so I didn't I was actually shocked when I saw my self pop up, but I was just completely disconnected from that film for a lot of different reasons. But the point being, though, is the scene that you had, whether, I don't know the, the, I don't know the story yeah, about it, but yeah. watching it as a fan... Yeah. It's like, man, you killed it. You had yeah. one scene and the one line or two lines was hilarious. Yeah. Even a movie that big, you still made your mark in it, yeah. which I thought was great. Yeah. Yeah, I wish we had a we shot some stuff that never made it into either film. And I think that's because they were just all over with the film. But we actually spent like three days shooting this one scene that actually never made it into the film. But uh yeah, I mean Which happens, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Point being though, like you said, you could have just been give a, me an a opportunity, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When do you guys film the next installment of Guardians? Is there another one in the pipeline? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Later. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Point being, you'll get a chance to hopefully maybe play this great character. Yeah, no, we, I'm signed on for the third one, um, and I'm great. I'm happy to be signed on for the third one. And I can say without a doubt, they're going to make the third one. I mean, dude, these are billion billions yeah. and billions of dollars being made on this. Do you yeah. ever think about that sometimes? Yeah, it's like none of that money's going in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Just like working for Vance still. <laughs> no, I, you know, I actually saw um, I saw Anthony Russo at uh, MTV Awards. And we had, uh, he, he's, they're really fans of mine. They're really supportive. The Russo brothers are really supportive. No, Anthony Russo is. He's uh, th- one of the directors. So the directors of Endgame and Infinity Wars were the Oh, oh gotcha. Brothers, okay, yes, uh, yes, yes, gotcha. Joe and Anthony Russo. Gotcha. And I saw him and I said, congratulations. Man. How rich are you now? And he just had a laugh. Like, they're, yeah. they're butt-ass loaded now. Those oh, sure. dudes are, they're killing it. So they've bought like most of downtown LA now. They're just like they're just and good for them because they're great guys, man. They're great guys. That's they're cool. great guys to work with. They're super talented, so they really deserve it. But see, once again, you're talking about you playing kind of a, a supporting member, mm-hmm. but then we're now with Stuber mm-hmm. coming out, yeah. it's pretty much on you and yeah. your shoulders. That's, and that's the scary part, is because it's my first studio lead, uh, which is a huge deal for me. For me, and I'm. It's a, a good, great, it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really proud of the movie, but the thing is, is like small movies like this are hit and miss because people just don't turn out to see them. They wait for the big Marvel films. Right. That's you know that's uh, it costs a lot to go see a movie now. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody gauges everything on box office draw. Opening week. Opening weekend, man. Yeah. So if we don't crush it, I mean, that's you know, hopefully that won't destroy me as a lead. But I'm really hoping that we will crush it because... But see, I don't think it's ever going to destroy you as a lead if you're good in it. I, right? I hope not. But like I said, a lot of 
there are people in Hollywood, they don't see anything but numbers. They don't mm. see anything but box office numbers. They don't see anything but Twitter followers. They don't see anything but social media following. That's all they look at. It's an analytics thing. Mm -hmm. That's all it is to them. They don't see talent. They don't see storyline. They don't see, you know, that's, it's numbers. They're numbers people. This is yeah. stuff about Hollywood that you never realize when you yeah. first go there. Yeah, and it really sucks, man, because I think you give them some. There's been even like a Hotel Artemis. Super proud of that film. It was a That's small little film. That's Jodie Foster, right? Yeah, a small little film. Uh, cost, you know, not much to make, cost nothing to make, but it just didn't. They, it had no budget to promote it. It didn't do well. It just, I think I might. I think I saw it on the plane. That's yeah, how I found it. It was out because we were of, talking about it last time. Had but, a lot of love. I mean, it was a great little film. Yeah. It was a small film. You know, but, uh, now, when you're saying small film, you're yeah. talking about ten million dollar budget, twenty um, million dollar budget. Yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds funny, but those are well, like our our budget for Stuber was, I think, right around thirty. Yeah. Once again, and you're coming from small. movie that's budget was four hundred fifty million. So right. you know, yeah, I get what you're like saying. Considering, I mean, I mean, that's that's pretty small. It's a modest budget. Is this a script that was presented to you? Yeah, yeah. This I'm not producing on this. This project came to me. All I knew about the project was the director uh and kamel and Who's i got the, the script michael dowse michael dowse did goon you've oh. seen goon, <laughs> goon yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's what i knew about goon i love goon great movie um, so i read it and i just was laughing my ass off and i just said yes I, sign me up i want to do it and the next step was to have that chemistry test with kamel and we just clicked and we just connected right right away so is this script already kamel's already committed to it so no so i and neither one of us were fully committed we were definitely i think after we did the chemistry test we test we both wanted to do it but we knew there was going to be some scheduling issues we also knew that there was going to be there needed to be a pass at the script it needed to be because it wasn't originally written for us it was for other people gotcha and so we stepped in we knew it needed to be tailored towards us mm -hmm. and actually Kamel was also hired on as a writer hmm. and he did a pass at the script and then we just kept tweaking it as we went and it's got better and better so when you do a chemistry test you guys mm. just sit down and bullshit or they give you a script to go no through? we get we went through some selected scenes uh, from the script and we just kind of nailed them out and then we tweaked them a little bit and then with someone we just improved and just you know, see how you mess with somebody see if they get your sense of humor mm -hmm. if they can bounce off you and uh, and that's what we did and we just had people in the room laughing that's great you know, yeah so you know automatically work. that you got something you new know automatically you definitely know yeah. so so the process like you said you're a little bit nervous right now and, mm -hmm. and the movie comes out right. this week mm -hmm. So do you go, like, put on a set of Groucho Marx glasses and go sit in the back of the theater somewhere and watch? No, or I'll do? be, uh, so I'll be already on a film. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do the premiere on the 10th, and then uh, the film will be released on the 12th. And then I'll just I'll hold my breath and wait yeah. to see what the, you know, those numbers the calls are. Yeah. Or the lack of That's calls. That's all we can do. That's why we're trying to really... You know, we're really trying to get, a, you know, get some buzz going, you know, it's word of mouth, you know, we're asking one friend if they like the movie, tell another friend. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like an old, it's an old recipe. You know? But it's funny, though. I mean, the, the, from, I haven't seen the whole film, but the, yeah. what I've seen, it's funny. Because yeah. like I said. I think it's funny as hell. One of the great things about, about Drax is your sense of humor. Yeah. You have a great sense of humor, and now you get a chance to do it as a human being, not as yeah. a, you know, green guy. Yeah. And that's all I am. I play, I play the grouchy, uh, dry, you know, straight man. Yeah. I'm just dry and grouchy. And it's the tried and true chemistry yeah. of, the, of the odd couple. Yeah. Like you said, 48 hours, yeah. this is a different version of it. That's great. Just, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm content with that because I... At the end of the day, for me, it's like a wrestling match. I don't care who's shining in the match. I just want it to be a good match. You want it to be a good match, yeah. And I don't care if Kamel outshines me in this film. I just want I just want people to love this film. 
Well, there's two of you, right? So, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you're more of the straight man than he is. Oh, I'm total straight man. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing straight. Everything that comes out of his mouth is funny. Well, he's just, just witty delivery. and sarcastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just great. What's the premise of the film? The premise of the film is uh, this detective basically holds this uh, Uber driver hostage to make him... Uh, to help him uh, chase around a drug dealer. Mm. The detective has just had LASIK surgery, so he's unable to drive, <laughs> drive himself. <laughs> and he's basically, he's found, you know, who he thinks is just the weakest, most timid uh, driver, so he can bully him around and make him make him drive him around. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Is his name Stu? Stu. Stuber? <laughs> Stu, who drives an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said, to me, it's always interesting for me whenever we get a chance to talk and hear about all these great projects that you're doing, because it's always stuff from the back of my mind. It's like, geez, I'd like to do that. That sounds pretty cool. Because yeah. once again, and, and I don't know what you can say or can't say, but tell us about some of the other projects that you have yeah. coming up. So I'm also, so I also have a film coming out August 23rd, which is a pure family film. It's a PG film. Um, it's my ca spy? called My Spy. There's a little girl in that, right? A little yeah. girl. Like, she is just, this little girl has stolen my heart. I'm mm -hmm. so in love with this little girl. Her name's What's Chloe it? Coleman. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't love her more if she was my own child. She's <laughs> just super. She's like, she's such a little angel and she's so smart and so talented. Like, I'm in awe of this little girl. Um, so it's me and her, and she's kind of a, a, a misplaced child or displaced child. And uh, she doesn't really have a father figure, and I am just, uh, I'm a uh, CIA agent, and I'm actually investigating the family. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I'm just cut off, shut off from the world, just very close people out. And she just, you know, she kind of teaches me how to be a human again, and I give her that kind of guidance, you know, fatherly guidance that she's been looking for as well. Once again, I love I love the choices here of playing this intergalactic yeah. alien, then playing yeah. the <laughs> blind cop, and now you're playing yeah. the lovable, yeah. heartwarming guy. Yeah. yeah. But still, also doing Dune. Dune, yeah. You can say that, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, these are yeah. huge projects, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I know it is crazy. And it's one after another. Yeah, that was really. You know, it's weird, man. I was filming My Spy, uh, and there was two things about that film that made me realize that this, like, my life has turned into this dream. It's like mm -hmm. this surreal dream uh, again. And there was there was two moments. There was one I got to. I had my mom meet me here with um, the studio I was working with was really great for me and they knew I needed to be home. So they, uh, oddly enough, I, I told them and I, when I worked out my contract, I told them I needed to be home because my marriage was falling apart. Mm. So I'm, I'm going to get divorced if you guys don't let me get home. So they were good enough to actually fly me home like every other weekend private. That's cool. And so I had my mom, I wanted her to come up and visit set. So I didn't tell her, but I had her meet me here in Tampa. And then we jumped on the private jet and flew back to... Uh, a, a Toronto, Toronto yeah. and like that was a really big deal for me because I felt like you know I'm taking my mom to my movie set on a private jet like we were dirt poor like we didn't have food when I was a little kid you grew up on the streets yeah, yeah I grew up on the streets and like my mom struggled as a single mom to just she's put cool. food she's on the table hippie chick you know she yeah you know you better <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's just I mean she's just a real decent person like if she if she had like if she had one bean you know, if somebody else was hungry, she would give that bean to someone else. <laughs> uh, she's just that giving. She would go hungry for someone else. So that, and also the other one was Denis Villeneuve called me in Toronto and said that he had been thinking about me because I really had to fight hard to get my spot in Blade Runner, my part in Blade Runner. Like it was, then he didn't, he did not want me for that part at first. Right. He was, he directed Blade had, Runner. I had to win, I had to win him over. How did you win him over? 
auditioning. <laughs> I auditioned. He didn't see it when we first met. He's like, you're all wrong for this part. You're too, you're too young. Which killed me because I was always too old for parts. I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> like I, saying you're too small for I this. I can't yet. win in this town. <laughs> and so anyway, I thought I didn't have the part. And the producers wanted me for the part. And they asked me if I would do makeup tests. And I did makeup tests and sent them pictures. And it's like, no, nah, this doesn't work. Then they came back and they said, well, if we set up a screen test for you, would you do the screen test? I said, of course. I want the goddamn part. So I did the screen test. And then he, he loved it. <laughs> and he gave me the part. But then he called me in Toronto, and he personally called me, and he said, "I've, I, you know, I've been, i thinking about you um, since Blade Runner. And I have this part, and a film that I'm doing, Dune, and I wasn't." He said, "I'm really happy to be calling you because I wasn't able to do it before, but I wanted to," and he said, "So I'm calling to offer you this part," and I was like, "Don't even say anymore." Say no like, more, yeah. And so for me, like as a guy who was, you know, just kind of bet on himself and left wrestling to pursue acting. For a guy like Denny Villeneuve to be call, calling me personally, not saying, I want you to audition for this part, saying, if you want the part, it's yours. And this isn't a huge film like that. To me, that says something. It's a huge budget, huge yeah. movie. It's yeah. a huge science fiction franchise. Yeah. It's never been done properly. Yeah. I mean, they did the yeah. movie 30 years ago with Sting and all. So, they just didn't have the budget for it. I mean, yeah. you're talking about giant sandworms yeah. and yeah. that sort of a yeah. thing. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, another huge movie for yeah. you in the list of many that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean that that's that's pretty cool to to know that yeah. you won him over that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me it's pretty great. Yeah. And uh, I was gonna say I got a chance to take my dad to Tokyo this year. I mm -hmm. did the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. And just to fly my dad over, I know, right? first class, like, I'm yeah. first class, it's free up here. Did you know that? It's like you know, like, you know, the guy played in the NHL for ten years, uh, but there's no first class yeah, back right. then, or whatever. But it's one of those well, those type of moments is what makes it all yeah. worthwhile. Yeah, you know, for sure. That's this cool <laughs> stuff. I want to talk a little bit about about uh, about your WrestleMania match, yeah. the whole story behind it, and the thing that I thought was really cool is you. And Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Announced the next day, like, yeah. I'm retired, I'm done. Yeah. Well, I Thank did, you. I, that night, yeah. That night, yeah. yeah. And this is not a Terry Funk retirement no, or hanging on. Oh, like, God, you no. are done, I'm finished, done. gone. Yeah, yeah. My in-ring career is over. I would go back, if they invited me on the show to go back and be a personality or just to go back and say hi to the fans, mm -hmm. cut a really bad promo, I would, you know, I, <laughs> I, I would do it. Because, you know, I, I, I just love it. I love professional wrestling, but I would never, I will not go back. I will not disrespect myself or my career and go back and wrestle. I just won't do it. And I wanted to. I wanted to retire the way I did, just because I didn't want to make a big stink out of it. I didn't want to come right. on the show, and I didn't want to give you know some speech that some writer has written out for me. It wasn't like you know. It was just from. It was just a way for me to just kind of personally say, and that's why I did it over my social media, because it's I'm speaking to my fans, because mm -hmm. nobody else other than my fans gives a shit. Mm -hmm. So that's why I just wanted to let them know that I just enjoyed my everything. You know, I enjoyed the ride. Thank you for everything. But I'm done. I'm just so done. Did you know it was going to be your last match before you had oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 One way or another, whether it was horrible or not. That's why I was like, when it was over, I was like, I was so relieved. <laughs> I was so relieved because it could have been 
that match could have been disastrous. <laughs> like it could have been could have been a horror show. But it, you know, I think it, you know, we accomplished. You know, two old guys got in there and we we put it on the line and we I think we we gave them their money's worth and we uh, I think we both like proved a point to the fans and to ourselves that we deserved to be on that card. But you wanted that match so bad. bad. I mean, we talked about it for months, even years. a couple of years beforehand. Yeah, 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 it was the way I wanted to go out. That's why. You know, I tell people it was a storybook ending for me. It really was. Mm -hmm. I envisioned this for years. It was the way I wanted to go out. It was my storybook ending, and it happened. It, but I had, like, I had to make it happen. Like, I had to like, yes. scratch and claw and, and fight for this to happen, and it happened. It was just, I mean, it, it couldn't have gone better. A couple me. questions. Why, why was that your storybook ending? Like, why did it have to be Hunter? Well, I needed it to be Hunter because... I couldn't see myself closing out my career with anybody else because he just, he made my career. You know, I, I mean, I literally, he, he, he put me over, like when he was at the height of his career, put me over three times clean, never got it back, just so I could go on within the company and, and be a star. And that was what started everything for me is, you know, the, the whole, you know, my whole career just took off from there. And it just wouldn't have happened if he hadn't done that for me. And that, I mean, that says a lot. He worked really hard. I mean, it was three clean matches where he just put me over, like, right in the middle of the ring, like, just to just to build me. One of them was even a WrestleMania, correct? Like, yes. Headlined yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, one that's of where years. it started. And we did it two more times and ran our full po program before they sent me on to SmackDown. Because it even basically put together the whole evolution for you and Randy yeah. Oh, yeah. and originally Mark Jindrak, but the two yeah. of you for sure yeah. to really become stars. Yeah, they and that, that was weird how the whole Jindrak thing came about. Then, you know, it came about when I got injured. They wanted they were, were talking about replacing me with Jindrak. Really? And it was Hunter. Again, it was Hunter who said, Dave's going to be back. Let's just let's wait. He's going to be back. Let's just wait for him. And they just, because they didn't feel like the formula worked as well with Jindrak. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, again, but the, yeah, it is. I mean, from evolution, that whole, I mean, my whole build, my career, they really groomed me to be something in that company. And I really owed that to Hunter and I wanted to give it back to him because I felt like that was closure. Mm -hmm. Like that was the closure on my career that I wanted and that I needed, you know? And so now I feel like I've had just a full career and, and it feels good, like, uh, you know, just leaving the company feeling like I, get, I gave him back what I could. You know, I could never. Now, why was it so hard to get that match booked? I think, I, I think at first, I, you know, I don't know if Vince just didn't see value in it after my last run with the WWE, or if uh, it just. I, I know last year was like a scheduling thing. But you were I working. Been, you had a movie yeah. I think uh, I, yeah. I was on, on Guardians. I think mm. at the time it was like a year or two before that. So it was like always one thing or another, but I, I kept bugging Vince for him. I actually bugged him about it. Uh, I saw him. We were both having surgeries. <laughs> I had a, like a hamstring repair. This was a few years back. I had a hamstring repair, repair, and he was down, I think, getting his knee repaired. And I talked to him about it, and he said he was going to call, and he never called. And I ended up talking to Hunter later about it. And I was a little upset, you know, because I told him, I said, this match, you know, what about this match at Mania? And he said, yeah, yeah, no, I'll really start putting some thought into it. And then I talked to Hunter about it, and he said he asked Vince about that, and he said Vince didn't remember the conversation, mm -hmm. you know, which is fair. He may have been, you know, may have been on something because he just had surgery. Uh, but then there was a time before that then when they were going to do something at another pay-per-view where they had Stone Cold, Mick Foley, and Shawn Michaels come out, and they may have done something with the New Day or something. I, remember I can't that, remember yeah. what it was, but originally I was supposed to play the part of Mick. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be me and not Mick. And I said, I don't, I don't think so, man. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like what I want. I said, what do you? And Hunter was there. I said, 
when are we going to start talking about me and Hunter at Mania? And again, Vince was like, yeah, yeah, no, we definitely, we're thinking about it, we you know, talk about it, and just never, never, they just never seemed to be, you know, show any interest in it. And so and even, the, so the SmackDown 1000 is where it actually started. And when I originally, I wasn't invited back to the SmackDown 1000, and somebody asked me about it on Twitter, and I said, yeah, I wasn't invited, shocker. And so like a couple weeks before, they, I, it was like a couple weeks before, but anyway, the next day after I tweeted that, I get a call from guess who <laughs> and he, they invited me and I said yeah I'd love to be there but now I'm on this film you know and I said if I can be there I will so I actually flew myself into DC for just for the day like I wrapped on the film or uh, wrapped just for the what day. project were you on there I was on my spy in my Toronto spy, gotcha. I flew down to DC and flew right back because I was filming the next next day once again it's so crazy that it happens to be in DC where yeah. you're from well that's why I couldn't believe where they they didn't <laughs> right. invite me yeah 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 I was like how the hell do you not invite me for I was a Smackdown guy Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, know, it no an one is a show. It's an anniversary show in my hometown, and I and you don't invite me. How's that happen? <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, um, they wanted me to come back originally and do something. Or I said, no, I don't. You know, I don't think so. What you know? What, you, what do you think about an Evolution reunion? Like all four members of Evolution. And um, and I got again. Oh, yeah, well, let you know. Let us call you back. And they called back and said, oh, okay. Um, you know, Vince, you know, thinks it's a little odd because you know Evolution was never on SmackDown, which they weren't. And he said, and he said, but yeah, he's willing to do it. I said, cool, because I don't care about the evolution thing as much as I care about teasing me and Hunter. I said, that's why I'm going because I want to see if people are still interested in me and Hunter. So though they had this long promo written out for us, and I talked to Hunter. I was like, what do you think about this, man? He goes, oh, I don't know. What do you think? I said, I think it's garbage. I said, I, I, I think you know, I really want to see if they're still interested in me and you. And he goes, he goes, yeah. He, he goes, he talks to Vince. He comes back. He goes. He goes, why don't we do this? Because, you know, they see me all the time. I'm out there. They see Randy all the time. Rick's, you know, he's going to say something crazy. We probably shouldn't give him a mic anyway. <laughs> so, you know, we'll just, uh, well, we'll say something real quick and we'll just let you do the bulk of, talk, bulk, bulk of the talking. What are you going to say? I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, 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 and this, and this about you. And I said, tease the moment with us. So, I love it. So, Vince wanted us to do it from the stage. To another thing, I was like, Jesus Christ, Hunter, man. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, just, you know, just go and tell him you want to do it from the ring. It's like, so I was like, again, sending me in to talk to Vince. <laughs> Just it's to always walk that to the ring. awful feeling. You yes. Know? You got to wait outside. And it's like a big decision. It's like, you know, Vince, come on, man. You can't have us do this from the stage. You want to do it from the ring? Yeah, I want to do it from the ring. We'll do it from the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so we got in there and it worked. And so as and Rick I, did say something crazy. He, he did. You know, you knew he was going to, but we, we had fun with it. And I think you know evolution. You know, it was a good. It was a good era. I mean, yeah. evolution era was great, and people still love the music. So there's a nostalgic connection. But there was a great line, <clears throat> the finishing line there, where he said, "He said, Hunter, you, yeah. you put over Randy, put over Rick, mm -hmm. and Hunter, you've done it all. You've yeah. been this, you've been that, said you've done everything." Said and that was it. That was I wanted to see how they would react to that, because if they reacted, I knew they were still interested. Yeah. And if they're still interested, we still we have an opportunity to go to Mania and do this. And they fired up, man. They really fired up. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. And that was how the whole the whole rivalry with me and Hunter started. You know, they teased a, uh, me turning on him one night, and people just caught on to it. Like that's where I'm like, oh, hey, maybe we no brainer. Yeah. Maybe we got something here. But anyway, so as I was leaving that night, he was like, Hunter said he said, get in shape, motherfucker. I was going to mania, and then like a month later, he tore his back. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so I thought it wasn't going to happen, but he called me like. Uh, a couple of months before, and he said, hey, man, I'm going to be healed up by Mania. You still want to do it? And I was, 
yeah, I still want to do it. Jesus Christ, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, we started we started working it out. And then we actually, it's funny, because we talked, you know, we talked like a couple weeks before I yeah. signed my deal with them. You know? They still weren't calling you. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. It was like, you remember you had a couple issues, because I had the same yeah, thing like, right man, before we're, that, we're where Vince close. would say, I'll call you in a week. Right. And then a week goes by, right. and I'm like, because like you said, Vince doesn't remember the conversation. Right. If he <clears> wants <throat> to call me, yeah. he will call me at three in the morning. Right, There's right, nothing right. stopping, you know, he's going to call right, you right. no matter what. Right. So the fact that he didn't call me or wasn't calling yeah. you, that really pissed me off. Right. You know? And I was I thought I was like, what the hell's going on here? We're getting I mean, we're getting really close to mania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no call, no contract, man. I just And then I came over here, I took a picture with you and posted it. <laughs> I say, watch I said, watch to see what happens. <laughs> but, <laughs> see, that contract was in the mail the next day. Yeah, that's uh, the truth, though, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure that's a coincidence. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> Public Enemy number one. Batista's <laughs> going to AW. Sign him yeah. now. Give him triple yeah. the money. Oh man. <laughs> but I mean, that, but once again, it, yeah. it was it was a no brainer right. all across the board. But tell yeah. us about the creative uh, uh, experience that you had going back. Well, I mean, before Mania, yeah, like it was. It was a nightmare. Yeah, it wasn't a nightmare like wow. the last time, but it was difficult because. For one, I thought I was going back way too soon. And because I thought, if I go back, we tease us now, what the hell are we doing for the next five weeks? You know, because the last run I went out, I went back and they had no plan. And so they so didn't the know what one, to like, do with 2015 or something like 14? 14. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do with me. So every week they're just sending me out there to cut these really horrible promos. They're just awful. And I'm just regurgitating the same crap while people are going, you know, CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Yes, yes. Was they calling you Blue Tista? Yeah, well, that came later okay. because I that was like, I think, my last match, which killed me too because... It's like we went out there. We gave him a hell of a match. We all like put our the bodies. The media match. Line. No, there was the one. I can't remember what paper. Oh, it was the one where I wore blue. Wore blue, and we like beat the shit out of each other. And all they remembered was that I wore blue. That's what they were focused on. We literally like, and there was like evolution, like putting over these, you know, rise this rising click, like putting over like clean, like a million bucks, and we we're working really hard to do it, and. Blue. <laughs> that's it's, all. It's, that's it's all not, I remember. It's blue. not like you're wearing. Head, more blue. It's not like you're wearing head to toe blue. You got blue speedos on. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Why that of all things? I, it was just. It was just weird. But yeah. I guess because you know the other guys were in black. I remember like pay per view. Everybody used to break out their different color shit. It was like a big deal. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you go, it's oh shit! Us. What color are you wearing for this pay per view? <laughs> Magenta. <laughs> Magentista. <laughs> <laughs> Who would think though that people are so ridiculous when it comes to that stuff? I, man. I hit Dean Ambrose. Long story short, I had this potted plant <laughs> that I had on the highlight reel, and it's a big, it's a pot, it's a clay pot. If right. I hit you in the head with it, right. it could kill you. <laughs> and I finally, Dean Ambrose gave it to me, and three months later, oh the irony, I hit him over the head with a freaking clay pot. Right. Some stupid writer puts online that the name of the pot was Mitch. Now all people are doing is writing Mitch potted plant oh, RIP Jesus, signs, not the fact on. that Ambrose is almost dead in the hospital. That's and I'm crazy. like, what are you guys latching on to here? We just gave you something great. And all okay. you want to talk about is Mitch, the potted plant, and Blue Tista. I just don't get it. Man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't so the creative was bad at that point in time. Yeah, it was you. so, I thought I was going back too early. Then the night I was going back, they really wanted me back for this 70th birthday party for, for Rick. For Flair, right. For Flair. And I said, I said, I don't want to be a part of that. Cause it just waters down our shit. Don't just stick me in there with like, 
you know, 20 other people are coming back to say happy birthday, Rick. Then it's me and Hunter, and we get in a little spat. I say it's just watering down our program. Mm-hmm. Like it's just you know, and so then they came up. They came up with the backstage thing where I drag Rick, you know, across the floor, and which I love. And also the ultimate yeah. f- you that for yeah. his birthday party, he doesn't even get to yeah. appear in front yeah. of the audience. <laughs> and I knew, you know, it's weird because I. I did ask the question. I said, are there going to be, be some people in that ring who are going to be a little offended that they're not, you know, part of the program? They think they're showing up for one thing and they're actually oh, showing no up for another it. thing. No one knew. I don't think so. Sean, I saw Sean after. He said he didn't know. Oh, gotcha. And so I don't know who was privy to what. And so, but then it came to the point where I was like, this is my idea, you know, and I'm not going to water down my shit to make everybody else happy. You know, if they want to, you know, if they're going to do this to them, then they need to tell them that this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, in wrestling, you look out for your program. Yeah. You know, what are you worried about? Your program. That's Absolutely. the number one issue that you're Especially concerned when about. You're coming back after three years or yeah. four years or whatever. So that's what I was concerned about was my program with, with Hunter. And so anyway, so moving forward, we just, I signed up to do a, a few shows because I was, I was concerned that I would show up every week and they wouldn't have anything for me to do. And once I'm there, you're just there. And you're mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. so I said, I'll do this show, this show, and this show. And, but then they started saying, well, would you come and do an interview? And I was like, nope. <laughs> well, would you come and do a promo? Nope. So I ended up, they said, well, would you do a, an Instagram post? Or would you post? And I was like, okay. And then they said, they wanted me to come and do an interview with Michael Cole. And I said, I won't do it. Send Michael Cole here. And they ended up doing like a, this via satellite thing, which I didn't think was great, but it got us to the next week. I just, I, I, I was hoping we, I would still have preferred to go back at a later date, like just a few weeks to a couple weeks before. To keep yeah, going, because yeah. I just don't think I think we had enough history where they could have built the rivalry and packages. But I have to say that the the promo that I did in DC, they called when Vince he called me and asked me if I would come and do a promo in dc you know it was like the go home week of wrestlemania i said not a chance not a chance in hell i'm not going into my hometown to gather up support Mm -hmm. before i go into mania and he said well you know this is what i want you to do i want you to come in i want you to take off your glasses i want to tell you i want you to tell hunter to kiss your ass and i said i'll i'll do it (laughs) (laughs) i said it was just it was too funny i laughed my ass off i said i'm i'm there and i tried to like I tried to play the heel part, you know, when I was yeah. there, but leaving, I just broke. I just, it was my hometown and my emotions got the best of me. There were a couple of kids who were like, mm-hmm. Batista, Batista. And I just, I kind of broke down. They broke down like crying I broke was? down. I, I, I shed a few tears, hmm. you know, it was emot- I mean, the first time I was in that arena, I got kicked out. You know, I was looking for a job. I got asked to leave. Really? Yeah. You showed up as an extra? No, I or- showed up because I was told. So at the time, I think Jim Cornette was head of talent relations. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get him on the phone, and I could never get him on the phone because I was trying to get a job. Then I found out they were going to be doing a house show in D.C., and I, I made a couple of calls. I had a, friend's, a couple of friends make a couple of calls see if Jim Cornette was going to be there, and somebody said he was. So I just went down there, and I didn't know any better. I you know, I went backstage, and nobody stopped me, so I just walked in, and I'm walking around backstage going, Jim Cornette here? <laughs> you might know where Jim Cornette is. <laughs> Trying to find out how to get into professional wrestling. Yeah, and so wow. later, security came over and said, uh, "Who are you here with?" And I said, "Oh, sorry, I'm just I'm looking for Jim Cornette." And um, what was the the short little stocky guy? Jim Dodson. Dodson. He comes like yeah. he goes, "You're you're gonna have to leave. Yeah, you're wow. gonna have to leave." Yeah, and he and he kicked me out. 
What a what a yeah. in retrospect great story. The yeah. the arena you got kicked out at yeah. is the arena you came back to for SmackDown Thousand, yeah, the, and then coincidentally yeah. is your last. It also was Raw the, before Mania. Was the arena? I used to bounce two blocks from that arena. Wow! Like I remember, I, I don't know if you were there. I'd go out like every time we had a show there. They yeah, send me out at the end of the night and say I I used to bounce oh. <laughs> two blocks down the street. This is where I grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is like it's the dreams come true speech. Right, sure, sure, sure. And, but literally, like two blocks away from that arena, I I, I bounced for years. Hmm. Yeah. And that was your last Raw appearance ever before Mania. SmackDown, yeah. Or SmackDown, yeah, yeah. But that was it. That was That's it. it. Yeah. So um, tell us about the match because I watched the match yeah. and thought it was one of the best matches on the show. Thank you, man. You can see you guys beating the shit out of each other, which I always love. Wanted. I mean, we thought, you know, we knew we'd have to have a few bells and whistles. Yeah. Um, well, it was, it was a no DQ or whatever. You know, yeah. And Street it, fighter. Because you know, originally we wanted to have a hell in the cell. Mm. And Vince, because of the pay-per-view, didn't want to have a hell in the cell. We really wanted because a hell in the cell. Because WrestleMania or? No, because of the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. I oh, I got you. I understand. Said, no, it's not, you know, you want to keep them all the Hell in the Cells there. Yeah. I was like, I think that's what makes you, it's great. You have a Hell in the Cell that's not at the Hell in the Cell. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just great matches. They're violent. Mm -hmm. And we needed some, you know, we needed bells and whistles. I mean, we're two older guys. We haven't wrestled in a long time. Mm -hmm. And we needed the drama. And we've already got the history. So we just needed the violence. And so anyway, we, we put together the match. We hadn't um, touched because we had gone to... We planned to meet up at NXT to train, and we ended up just talking. We ended up talking. I actually took one of the guys who was up there, one of the trainees, and bumped him around a little bit and got a little ring time in. But Hunter and I never tested, and I planned to go up uh, to New York like the following like the following week or a couple weeks later because uh, his schedule is, is crazy. That dude's yeah. all over the place. Yeah. But And then I called him, and I, I said, you still want me to come up? He goes... Yeah, I was thinking about it. He said, you know, you're going to come up. And he said, here's the thing. We're gonna, I'm going to get in the ring, and we're going to we're gonna roll around. We're going to wrestle, and I'm going to feel good. I'll feel more confident going into Mania. He said, the other side of that is we're going to roll around. I'm going to re-tear my pec, and we're going to be screwed. He said, so why don't we play it safe so we know each other. We've been in the ring enough. We can just we'll plan it out. We'll talk about it. We'll go to Mania. We'll do it there. And that's what we did. Mm. So the first time we got in the ring is when we first time we wrestled. <laughs> and so I, you know, I, I, I say that is the match. It could have been better, but it could have been a lot worse. Mm. Like it could have been horror. It could have been disastrous. And I'm really proud of what we were able to accomplish because we. It was a great story. It was. A, it's, it's a great story, and it's something that I've done a lot over the last few years as you get older mm. i was never a speed guy nor were you but mm. what you lose maybe in some of that speed or mm -hmm. uh i don't know if agility is the word but mm. the the intensity sure and the beat down right. and the seriousness it's something that's missing yeah. this is not like back in my day but it is th that intensity is yeah. missing where you look at someone and go these two guys are beating the shit out of each it's other the violence right I had the match with Kenny Omega a couple yeah. weeks ago in Vegas. Yeah. Austin called me. Yeah. And Austin's not going to call unless he's like, dude, God, you guys beat the f shit yeah. out of each other, man. I love that. That's where the beauty of it is. Yeah. And that's what I liked about your guys' match. You yeah. can tell. Yeah. You can see it. I always tell, and I always say, and I know you've said this before, I think that's what guys from our era and era mm -hmm. before, eras before, they just got they got over more. Yeah. Because we went through that. We beat the hell out of each when other you have for to, their yeah. entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that and that builds a certain amount of respect mm -hmm. from people. But it was, it is, I always say that professional wrestling is a theater of violence. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is to me. But that's what it is. It's like you don't have to do all these huge fancy spots. You, If you want, just break it down every once in a while. And like Eddie was so good at that. Mm -hmm. Just breaking it down and just 
being violent, being tenacious and being violent and aggressive. He used and, to call it, him and Chris used to call it meat and potato. Meat and potato. Just meat yeah. and potato, man. Just, yeah. Yeah. And that's, but that's what, that's what wrestling is to me. Mm. Um, and you're, I think you're right. I mean, it's really being lost. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's. Especially right. with two guys of your size. Big yeah. guys should work like big guys. Yeah, I've always thought absolutely. that. That's, I was yeah. watching the day, nothing against these guys. Yeah. I understand where they're doing it by C. Lashley and yeah. Strowman doing leapfrogs and yeah. lucha rolls. And it's like, I understand it, but there's no way no. I would ever nope. approve that from those guys. Nope. That's a, that's like that's a novelty thing. That's an ego thing. Mm-hmm. It's like just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. That was actually something I picked up early on from Afa. Hmm. Afa always said, "Wrestle how you look. Wrestle mm-hmm. how you look." He always said that. Wrestle how you look. Big man wrestle, big style, you know, mm. big strong style. Yeah, yeah. So I always, I kind of carried that. You know, and every once in a while, like in house shows, we would goof, goof around and do like international spots. We did, well, yeah. especially me and Randy. <laughs> yeah. You know, because back then I was pretty athletic for, yeah, yeah. for my sure. size. But we, not doing it on TV. Not doing it on TV. Not a chance. Talk about the uh, one of the the more creative spots was the nose ring spot. Yeah. And may I just say, yeah. when as soon as I saw yeah. you walk out with the nose ring, I'm like, oh, he's. Gonna get ri- <laughs> I thought he was just to rip it off. That was a hunter because I didn't. You know, I would never wear this never. into the ring. Never. Yeah. And I wasn't. Again, I wasn't going to wear. And Hunter, he knew because he goes, "You're going to wear the nose ring in the match." Right? I was like, "No." He goes. Well, you know, I kind of had the spot to rip it out. I said, hell yeah, I'll wear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we talked about pulling out. He's great. Well, did, did, like, just pulling on it and just yeah. tweeting. You know, so course, uncomfortable. Close-ups of the nose. Yeah. And just, yeah. Ah. Yeah. You, know what's, you know what's funny is what I remember, because I had not been hitting it with you know on the back with a chair in years. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that first whack, and I'm laying there in the ring, and he comes and he puts it over me, and I look at him. Look up at him. I go. I forgot how much that hurt. <laughs> I could just the sound yes. of it. It's just a, it's just a it's, pain. That it's oh. a cold bucket of water that gets thrown in your face. Oh yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh! I forgot about that. Yeah, but then we just we had a good laugh, and that whole spot was just so silly. And we, you know what I did? It was so because we couldn't figure. We knew there had to be. If you're getting your nose ring yanked out, there had to be some blood. Right. So we had this whole thing planned out for how I could because we're not obviously not going to do this, but. So yeah. the, you weren't gonna you weren't gonna get another hundred thousand dollar fine <laughs> so in the tool chest that he hit me with we had we put a bunch of thumbtacks mm-hmm. so we planned out when i rolled out and did the thing i could just drop down and sell and get a thumbtack i'm on the floor <laughs> like thumbtacking myself in the nose thing god this is like this is so much fun this is when you need to call uncle jericho man i would have taught you the trick what you do is you grow your pinky out and oh, you sharpen it and just stick it up your nose that's old school juicing i could have told you in the cage match in 2009 too if, if I had known that you were going to hardway me, I never, I like in retrospect, now I was like, Jesus, I could have saved a lot of money. <laughs> that was why, I mean, that was so bad because I'm bleeding from here, I'm bleeding from here. Yeah, you, you're, you're bleeding on the top of your head yeah, too, the cage yeah. match, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know, from brass knuckles or some shit or whatever it was. That was that pipe we used. <laughs> <laughs> we had all sorts of stuff But up that's there. why I thought, you know, that's why if somebody hits you with, with a pipe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're, right. you're bleeding. No, you know? but yeah, I get you're it. You're losing the title. And you, that you know? and it's a cage match. So we just we just change stories. No, <laughs> no, but that's what Dynamite Kid yeah. used to do: is he would sharpen mm-hmm. his his uh, pinky yeah. and yeah. just shove it up his nose and other people's nose. Yeah, <laughs> if you needed to. Yeah. How did you feel uh, after the match? Uh, besides beat up, I was pretty beat up. I took out a really bad bump. Oddly enough, the bump that looked like it hurt the least hurt the worst. And it was this bump I took on the table. It was just I took it all kinds of wrong. So I mm-hmm. felt a little beat up. Uh, but I felt really satisfied, like mm-hmm. really satisfied, content, like at peace with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was happy to go out with that. And I felt, you know, it was weird because I had, 
such hatred coming back on my last run in 2014. But I felt like all love this mm -hmm. this time around. And even the way I closed out because I wanted to prove a point. I wanted to beat myself up a little bit for the fans so they know that it meant something to me. To Mr. Hollywood movie them. star is not coming yeah, back. Yeah, I'm not going to come back and say it. Like paycheck a, and yeah. get on the mic and, and say stupid shit and mm -hmm. get, just have you to cheer for me and give somebody my finish and mm -hmm. you know, like, like some people right do. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put it on the line i'm gonna leave here on my back you took some chances yeah, too. yeah and i took some chances so they know that this this means so that i care about them you know i'm I, i'm willing to sacrifice myself because i, I text, love this that much i text hunter when he jumped off the steps with the sledgehammer so that's the highest you've ever gotten in it's, the ring ever taking up high i said lucha it's lucha training he's doing <laughs> jumping up on those big uh, yeah. big steps yeah, yeah. and also that like the rick, having rick involved in that match was i mean it was like a really kind of full circle thing mm -hmm. for us you know Mm -hmm. I really wanted him down there, and also because he just tied this, he tied the, he tied everything up. Sure, like him coming in, it just tied. It's the up. evolution. It's flair. that's all storytelling. It's the guy you beat yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for a five week story, I thought it was a really well done story. Like yeah, you said, you. you know, yeah. did you talk to Vince afterwards? Uh, not, not a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw him. It's weird when I got back to Gorilla, there was nobody there. I don't know where they were all at. at. It was in the middle of the show. Yeah, I don't know where they had kind of all gone. We took the long way around, went up to Gorilla, and there was only like a few people there. But I, I did talk to Vince, and uh, it wasn't anything overly mm. emotional. But it was—he was, he was re really happy, mm. and he, all along he was really um, happy that I, I was back. Mm. And he was very, you know, very gracious. And we butted heads a little bit, but not in a not in a malicious way, not in, in a, a creative bad way. way, very creative yeah. way. Which is, I, you know, I, it's weird. But I, I, I've had my differences with Vince, but I've always gotten along with him. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I don't have anything bad to say about the mm -hmm. dude. He's difficult sometimes. I but, feel uh, the same way, but you got to, yeah. first of all, he's, he's two creative guys. Yeah. Plus, he's your boss. Yeah. Nobody loves their boss all the time. Yeah. Sometimes you got to yeah. do stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. But I feel the same way. I never yeah. had any ill will towards Vince. I actually no. like butting heads with him yeah. because it was about creativity. Sure. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, and I said that to you earlier. I think we kind of have the same relationship mm -hmm. with Vince. Because <laughs> he knows that we don't, we're not going to kiss his ass. We're not going to just say he yes, appreciated yes, yes, that. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, I do. I think he appreciates it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think sometimes he wants he, he might disagree with you just to let you know he's the boss. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, but at the same time, I, I understand that about him, and I understand that he's a businessman. You know? Yeah, and, and like you said, I think he appreciates the fact that we have ideas, appreciates the fact that we're creative, but also appreciates the fact that Jesse Ventura told me years ago, if you want to get over the Vince, go get a job somewhere else, let him know that you don't need him then he'll want you that much more yeah. and, you know, treat you that much better. Yeah. Which is kind of the case. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, man, that's, that's, that, that's the end. Do you feel yeah. pretty satisfied, happy with your career? I'm super happy with yeah. it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with it, really content. I think I, I went out uh, on a high note, and I think more than anything, the most important thing to me is that I went out on my terms. Mm. Like, I really, I, I held out. Mm -hmm. I held my ground, and I went out the way I wanted to go out. And again, with Hunter, Hunter helping me, like he supported me, and he wanted me to, he wanted to see me off this way as well. You know, I mean, so. I think you're one of one of Vince's greatest creations as a character. Yeah. You know, future Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, hope you so. know what a great way to end it off. Yeah. To know, like you said, that you can walk out of there excited and happy and yeah. on your own terms. Plus, with all these other gigs in front of yeah. you. Uh, last couple of questions for you. When you look back at your career, is there a match that stands out as the one that you thought was the best? Yeah, it's uh, it's weird, man, because it's uh, it was uh, and you'll you'll get this. Not a lot of people get this, but it was with Rey Mysterio, 
and it was at a house show in Mexico. And the reason why uh, I, I begged and pleaded to get this match, I didn't have, we weren't set up to work each other, but I was leaving the company and I was, uh, it was 2010-ish and I was uh, really hot as a heel at this point. And I thought this was my last opportunity to get work, get be able to work Ray as a heel in Mexico. Like everybody wants to work. The dream, work. right? It's yeah. the dream. And I begged and pleaded for this match and I got it. And we went and got and gave them a pay-per-view match. Like to the point, you know, you know, it only happens a few times, but when you go back and, and the locker room is standing yeah. up cheering, like how good does that feel? Yeah, most of the time the boys don't yeah. want to give you that they credit. Don't, yeah, <laughs> but we went and Undertaker was back there and it was like, we gave him like a pay-per-view match. Mm -hmm. Like Ray kicked out of my finish and everything. Mm -hmm. We gave him every bell and whistle we could think of. And I just, like the crowd was just, like they were just loving it. And I felt like, like that's what I wanted my career to be. Like I gave them their hero. Like mm -hmm. I was really proud of that match. That's we cool. gave him a, a pay-per-view match. He's the best babyface to work with too, because he's yeah, so small, so, so much sympathy, easy. but then just explosive. Yeah, anything that he does, right? You know, always one of my yeah, geez. always one of my favorites. Yeah. Last question: All these projects you've done, all the all the, all these uh, roles that you've had, yeah. which role is your favorite that you've done? Is the one well, you can pick? You know, oddly enough, and I think it's um. <sighs> The one that really, like, I'm really proud of, and it's probably, I, yeah, it'd be hard for me to explain why, but I think it's my uh, role in Hotel Artemis. Mm. You know, it was just, it was like a different role for me. It was a, a real accomplishment getting to work with, with Jody. Um, it was, I had a lot of freedom in the role, so I actually got to create the role, create a lot of really magical moments, and the the range of, of emotion with the character was, was great. Um, and so I, I think it's at this point it's it's that role. I've had a few. I've had other moments in other roles, and, uh, and I'm obviously super proud of some of my more successful roles, like the Drax stuff, mm -hmm. Stuber as well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and Stuber as well. But it's for some reason that role is it's just really special to me. Have you been nervous because you've worked I'm, with so many of the biggest I'm names? Always nervous. I walk on set nervous. It takes me a while to get out of my head and be comfortable mm. and stop being self conscious. Uh, I'm I'm always nervous. It take it really takes me. I'm my own worst enemy. It takes me a while to snap out of it. it takes me a while to get heated. Has up. there been someone that you've been nervous to act with though more than others? I was terrified with Jody. Yeah. Jody, I mean yeah. that's Oscar winner. <laughs> yeah, I was terrified yeah. for the for the table read. She even just started laying into me. We sat down for the table read. Table read was just me and her, mm. and she just starts staring at me and. So I'm like reading and I'm looking at her and like being all self-conscious and somewhere she just stopped reading. And she goes, you know, you're not nearly as big as I thought you'd be. <laughs> so in my head, I'm thinking, God, she's second guessing me for this role. <laughs> so every, every word I read after that, I, all I can think about is, God, she doesn't want me for this role. God, I'm horrible. I know I'm going to lose this role. Then she's like, we're eating a little bit more. And she's stopping. She goes, you know, Liam Neeson's way bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> she's busting your balls. Busting and I went and there was another actor um, named Sterling K. Brown. And I was talking to him, telling him, because I was mortified. I was like, man, I'm really stressed. And he goes, dude, she's fucking with you. <laughs> and I was like, no, she didn't seem like it. She goes, she was fucking with you. And I just, more I thought to think about it. And I said something to the director. She goes, oh, he goes, oh yeah, she was fucking with you. She keeps fucking with me. And she, like, apparently Jody was just fucking with everybody. You know, she kept saying to the director, she'd go up to the director, like uh, during scenes and he's shooting. And she goes, and she'd say stuff like, yeah, that was really great. But what a good director would do. <laughs>
She's totally like, ripping all you guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, like five feet tall. <laughs> right, 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 just right. walking around <laughs> with people. She's like, yeah, I got an Oscar. What the hell do you know, three, right? Uh, she got like three. Three right? Oscars, yeah. yeah. Nominations Jesus, at least, man. yeah. yeah oh, I know she won one for The Accused. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, yeah. too. Maybe she won one when she was younger, too. Yeah, Taxi Driver or something, maybe. maybe. Something Sunday like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, congratulations yeah, on, a, on a great <laughs> wrestling career and a burgeoning great movie career as well. And yeah. thanks for letting me use your place for free. Yeah, man, whatever. I'll try not to steal your waters. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. All right, go see Dave's new movie, Stuber. Hits theaters next Friday. You're going to laugh, I promise. It's very, very funny stuff. Uh, Talk is Jericho's movie preview guru, Nikki Novak from Fandango, saw it, and she said it's very, very funny. We're actually going to talk about the next next week when uh, Nikki's here. Uh, and Dave and his co-star, Kumail Nanjani, are great together, is what she said. That's what I've heard all across the board. And like I mentioned, Nikki's going to be on Talk is Jericho next Wednesday to give us the lowdown on all the upcoming summer and fall movies. She's going to tell you what to see and what to skip, so get ready for that. What you should not skip is Fozzie at an incarceration on July 12th with Shinedown and uh, Seether. It's actually going to be at a prison, a haunted prison, working on hooking up a great little talk as Jericho for that. Fozzie also playing with Nickelback uh, August 22nd in Uncasville, Connecticut, August 24th in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and Unleashed in the West this fall. We're opening for Iron Maiden in Los Angeles on September 14th at the Bank of California Stadium. We're booked a whole tour around it, going to Colorado, Utah, Nevada, California, Arizona, Texas, uh, and then making our way back east to Mississippi and Georgia. Go to FozzyRock.com for all ticket and gig information. And don't forget our VIP meet and greet, one of the best of the business. We'll hang out with you, play a mini concert of songs you're not going to hear later on that night. We have a laugh, just a great, great time. So come join us, FozzyRock.com. And speaking of great times, join us on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part Do. We are 92% sold out, sailing January 20th of next year. Uh, Fozzy's going to be there. Ric Flair, the NWO of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and X-Pac. Jake the Snake Roger, uh, Roberts, Booker T., uh, Brad Williams is going to be there. Bruce Jingle, Sarah Tiana, uh, great, great, funny people. Craig Gass just joined the cast, uh, coming back again. Vicky Guerrero, Shaw Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero, uh, Jack Slade, Red Cup Jeff, Farewell to Fear, Kickaxe, Rubik's Cube, Killer Queen, Dave Spivak Project, Jared James Nichols, Light the Torch. Uh, so many bands, so much stuff going on. Uh, don't forget as well, DDP is going to be there doing live well, yoga workouts. And most importantly, and not uh, last but not least, AEW is going to be there. How many top stars from that company so you got stars from the past present future great rock and roll bands funny comedians paranormal experiences with beyond the darkness and dave schrader do not miss this it is the vacation of a lifetime i guarantee it we don't want you to be left on shore go to chrisjerichocruise.com we are less than 100 cabins away from selling out all right you guys have a great weekend i uh, hope you enjoy yourselves and on wednesday nikki novak like i said is going to be back uh, the late summer fall movie preview what should you see which is you skip she's got some great stories some academy award predictions and together as always we've got some great new movie ideas beware of monster wives i like that listen next wednesday as nikki shares the 411 on spider-man far from home the lion king tarantino's ninth film once upon a time in hollywood i'm excited about that big dave stuber of course joaquin phoenix is the joker the rock's new film hobbs and shaw rambo last blood schwarzenegger returns as the terminator and dark fate Lots of great stuff happening. We keep the entertainment rolling for you. You're going to get more of that next week right here on Talk is Jericho. In the meantime and in between time, have a great weekend. You know we love to love you, baby. Stay hard, stay wet, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big, yeah, boy. Happy July 4th. Happy Canada Day. And happy, happy everything, man. Just happy life. Oh, yeah.